In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and now your host, Steve Zabin. Another glorious edition of the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfton. We are all remote today. Uh, as we are this week traveling and at various places, John Ronis, Director of Golf at River Creek, joining us from Chantilly today. You travel and apply your expertise at various places. John Gould, firmly ensconced in his office at the Mid-Atlantic PGA. And yours truly is uh, presiding over the wreckage of the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks NBA season in the great state of Wisconsin. Man, oh man, oh man! That was shame. How's it? How's it feeling there, Zabe? Like, what's the pulse? I would say, oh God, yeah. Okay, it is. It's as bad as it comes. It's uh, Uh, as I try to remind my listeners today. It's the price of admission for being a sports fan, right? To be to be crushed like this. You know, there's been collapses in golf. Obviously, Vandeveld. uh, Norman at the Masters yeah. when Faldo reeled him in. Spieth collapsed at the Masters. Rory as well. Uh, U.S. Open uh, debacles. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is this is what happens sometimes, right? Yep. The assembly, I, I, this is way off topic, but sometimes I wonder how much free time I would have had in my life if I wasn't a sports fan. Right. And how much time I've dedicated and energy and emotion that have probably taken time off my life of going rooting for all the different sports and, and my college now and all the other stuff. It's, it's amazing what life, how much maybe simpler it would have been if I never rooted for anything. As I like to say, it's a waste of time, but there's it, not, but there's, is. it's a total waste of time, but there's also nothing better. There's it's a nothing, glorious waste of time. It's a glorious yeah. waste of time. It's the best waste of time. And it's you gotta a, be good enough. You got to be good enough to be in that spot to be able to to blow it, you know. I mean, if you <laughs> yes. think yeah. you just don't go to the playoffs and nobody cares, you know. So there's a little bit of, you know, skill involved just to get in the spot to be able to blow it, which is not fun, but still. You put up with a lot for the chance at a little bit of glory, and that right. leads us into our main topic today, this week on the Capital Golf Gang, rounds from hell. Speaking of putting up with things, I have a friend who shall remain nameless for a company that will also remain nameless, <laughs> who happened to play a very nice golf course, which I will name, Tory Pines. Uh, this gentleman, uh, who is on our private text thread, he was entertaining clients of this major corporation, whose name you would instantly recognize, but shall remain nameless. At the mighty Tory Pines in San Diego, California. Okay, great. Well, once the scores came in and were shared amongst our golf thread, that was when the horror began for many of us as they read them off. 109, 112, 134. And our fearless friend who was the host, entertaining the clients, getting that business, somehow managed a 87 amidst all the carnage. Must have looked like a pro. (laughs) He did. And he said that the 134 was a max limit 
134. I was going to say generous, a generous 134. Uh-huh. Well, because it was a string of eights, eight, 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 yeah. eight, eight guys just picking up. So yeah. he said it was it was one of the more painful rounds he's ever had to play. But, of course, was he going to turn down a free round to Torrey Pines? No, he was not. Twas nope. the price of admission. First of all, your thoughts on somebody willingly accepting a round at a place like Torrey Pines knowing they have no shot of breaking 100. I it, Look, for me, as a an administrator, it's the biggest nightmare in the world, pace of play. Pace of play, it destroys the whole entire golf course. And when you're at Torrey Pines and some people are paying a, a ton of money to play there and others are not because they're, they're city folk, uh, you got to make sure that, that everyone's having a good time and pace of play is a disaster. But it seems to me, it's, it's insane because we were having this conversation the other day. Would you like voluntarily go to a swim meet and you couldn't swim? <laughs> or, you know, pick a basketball game and you can't drink? No. Like, but it's golf? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll join you. It'd be really pretty out there. I'll join you and we'll play. It seems to be something that people have no problem with not being able to play. And they still accept these, these really these invitations that, that are that are huge because they don't realize how hard it is to get on the golf course or how much money it is. So it is an interesting thing. And I, you know, I want to encourage play, but boy, it, it's a, at some point you have to say, you know what, this is not my lane. I'll join you for drinks after. Cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame the, uh, the, the high, the hundred plus shooters there. This is their opportunity it's certainly, you know, as you indicated, it's client golf. So you got to have that expectation coming in that you're not just picking the one handicaps out there to, uh, to, you know, sell to and whatever your business is. So, I mean, that comes with the territory, you know, and if I'm, if I'm a, a hack and I want to shoot 120 and, and just say I played there, I'm, I'm going to do it, you know? So, and there's can ways. You, we can't you ride week. along in a cart, Ghoul? Can't you walk along? Can't you, you get the free shirt and the pullover and not play? I mean, how about I play and I pick up like, you know, uh, obviously those string of eights. I, I probably this guy probably picked up he did. several times. He picked up almost every hole. And one would say, well, what if he wasn't even slowing down the course, John Ronas? What if because he was picking up, they still played in four hours and 59 minutes and 59 seconds? I'd yeah. imagine any round at Torrey Pines is going to be long. Right. In all honesty, I'm perfectly fine with that. And okay. And taking the other side of the equation of where else can you spend four hours with a client? You know, right. my wife deals in IT, and if they get a half hour of someone's time, it's a huge chunk. So four hours, and that's what golf is all about, right? I just, it's a, it's something on the other end where people imagine that they're going to play well when they haven't played or practiced. But I'm yeah. with you. If they play in the right amount of time and they pick up, then. It really, you're right. It doesn't matter if they're very poor golfers or not because they're playing to pace. So, uh, again, what you said, Ronis, what you said there was, is, I think, the key. They don't go in saying, Yeah, I'm going to go over there and shoot 136. They think this is the day. This is the day I'm going to shoot 100 or, or 99. Yeah. It's <laughs> no, going to be glorious. Don't. Or this is the day that someone's paying for me. So, I'm taking advantage okay. of it. I mean, that's the other side See, of the equation. Okay. I'm going to humbly disagree with both you gentlemen and of course, you're biased in a good way. Your mission is to both grow the game and be big tent welcoming. Me, not so much. I'm the bouncer with the tight black T-shirt and my arms folded <laughs> at the door, <laughs> throwing people out of the club. Here's why I think 
it's not enough just to say, well, I picked up a lot or I didn't slow us down. You have to watch me. You have to watch me massacring the game of golf. As I said to one of the guys in the text thread, I said, you should have told the guy shot 134. So uh, let's say I, wife, and you had to watch, and I did it really poorly. How would you feel about that? Because that's the vibe I'm getting right now. <laughs> Is that harsh of me? Go there, Dave. I'm not going to agree. You're with not even going to go harsh. there. Okay. Having to do with that statement, I'm I, not going to touch it at all. Actually. Of course, you're not. It's too hot for you to handle. But it, but the yeah. point stands, and I'll stand by my point. Certain things you don't want to see. And then imagine after having to watch that, you had to buy a shirt with your wife's picture on it <laughs> and take it home with you because that's the equivalent. If you literally can't play the game, I say don't play the game. I say walk along and talk for four hours about life and business. Hit a shot or two or a putt, but don't try to hit the ball and you dribble it off the tee because it's taxing mentally on everybody. Yeah. They don't see that whatsoever. There, there's no question about that. They're, they don't see anything mentally taxing because you had to watch them hit a bad shot. Let's face it. Are you sure my, they're not embarrassed? Been, no, they must no, no. Be. They're not embarrassed at all because they're ignorant to the situation. This has been my whole life, right? Because pro-ams and playing lessons and everything else, you're watching some of the worst golf, both physically and mentally that you've ever seen the mental approach is fascinating at times and their perspective of where they are in their game is amazing of what level they think they're at and what level they're at so i'm used to this there's a relative right if i play with ghoul then you know he's not as good as me if i play with tiger to me okay. to tiger i look like a peasant. i know but you're you're at you're in a much tighter range of ability even making know. those yeah, comparisons. I also think, and, and you know, we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, other people's play doesn't affect me that much, right? Uh, I, I think your, Mr. your One, mental game, Mr. One Thirty Four, would affect you. Your mental game needs to tighten up. I think this is what I'm getting at. If it's going to bother you that much, then that, that's you. Wow, a One Thirty Four that wasn't even a One Thirty Four with a string of eights, as far as the eye can see. Hey, I paid for that this person to to because I'm trying to sell him something. I'm gonna let him shoot two hundred. Wow. Okay. Now, say, well, now. you okay. Well you're let me tell you that there's a different scenario. You show up as a single at Tory Pines, you flew out there, you're paying full boat, and these three guys are in your group. Now that's a different story. Well, yeah. that could easily happen. It so you're saying could. you're saying if you're gonna bring a guy out who literally can't play. You better contain him within your foursome. Yeah, you better pay yeah. for all four spots, even if it's a twosome. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. Um, yep. Protect, protect the uh, mental I just, games of everyone. I, I just think that it, here's the other part that's awkward. So, Mister One Thirty Four, we'll call him. You know, he's picking up, picking up, picking up. Eight, 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 eight. Then all of a sudden, he gets a couple balls airborne. You're now going to feel obligated to go. Okay, Carl, all right, okay, now we're talking. And you got to give this fake encouragement that you know is a waste of time and is not going to last. No, certainly it's not going to last. Are you allowed, are you allowed to just, if, if he finally gets two in a row in the air, are you allowed to just be quiet about it and go about your business, or do you need to participate 
in the fake encouragement. I think two in a row, you say two in a row. That's amazing. Two. Probably a good quit. <laughs> so in your scenario you presented, I'm going crazy for those two because I'm trying to sell them uh, some business. So I, I'm going nuts right. if you get two right. in a row. <laughs> what if after this round, the client ends up saying, you know, we really love to work with your company, but we just got to go with the better price from this rival outfit. Then what? Devastation. Nah, you, then you lay it on the line. <laughs> then you say, look, you just wasted four hours of my time. You're the worst golfer I've ever seen in my entire life. You have no right to ever tee it up again <laughs> on the golf course. Please, please save your next client the anxiety of playing and the the years and years of therapy that they're going to have to go through because they watched you play golf. Simple. It's just a simple answer. You've always been direct, John. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. What would you recommend then boys to somebody who knows I really suck, but I'm falling in love with the game. Would love to play this fancy course X promise to pick up at a moment's notice, but I'm going to hit a ton of bad shots. What what are the essential things that a real raw beginner should try to get a grip on? A hey John, let me answer this one. Yeah, I'm 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 the if I'm still that sales rep scenario, and you just told me they're going with better price. I said, tell you what, if you come with me, you come with our company. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set you up with a PJ professional and get you hooked a up with ding, lessons. ding, ding. Yeah, we're going to make it so that next year when we play. You're going to break 100. You're going to feel good. We're going to feel good. Uh, this is what my company can do for you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. 134. That's, that's great, John. That's great. I, I would also say on the, that same line for that day, you would say, all right, we're going to tee off at 12. You're going to take a lesson with the pro. I've already set it up for you. You're going to join us on the back nine, and you're going to hit your shots, but we'll play kind of a mini scramble for you. Wherever I am, you'll be able to pick up your ball and hit from that spot. And then you'll be able to hit some shots. Let's face it, he's not playing for score. He's picking up on every hole. So at least that keeps him kind of moving along. But he's now taking a lesson, and he joins you for three hours out on the golf course so you get that quality time with your client. And you know, and that way he's with you more. If he's, if he's sitting from your spot, he's with you more. I mean, you don't yeah. get much sales time if you're, uh, if you're waiting in the fairway and he's walking the wood lines, you know? Right. Okay. Right. And let's face it, those eight shots might have been before the ladies' tee. Oh, yeah. And one of these taking giant divots. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God, you like avert your eyes. What if he has a really funky windup that is almost like staring at Medusa's head of snakes, threatening to turn you into a stone statue? Don't avert your eyes. Don't look at this guy. He's that bad. I mean, it's all for the money, Zabe. Got to do yeah. it for the money. <laughs> Got to hustle make for the money. Take care of him. The PGA wow. Pro will hook him up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Other nightmare rounds. Obviously, anything slow is a nightmare round. What about the nightmare round where it's a little bit different work situation? You're invited to play with one of the big bosses of the company. You're pretty good. The big boss fancies himself as pretty good and belongs to a very expensive club. You go out to play, and then you just start going low on him and you can tell it's pissing them off. What do you do then? Do you start sandbagging, throwing off? You back off. Yeah. You do? Back off. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. such. I mean, look, that's so I'd disrespectful love, to the game. 
I know. I'd love to stand here and say, oh, you just drum them, you drill them and whatever. But <laughs> let's face it. He's your boss. And in all circumstances, you respect your superiors. And so if he's your boss, you got to back off a little bit. Doesn't mean you have to okay. hit ganks, but you got to back off. A all right. Bit. What if you can tell he's getting PO'd that you're beating him so bad, but then you start to kind of donk off a few shots and he can also tell that you're starting to let off the throttle. And he makes a few comments about that. Now what do you do? Yeah, that, that's obviously tough. I mean, it, it, you're, this guy must be really perceptive to notice both of those things, you know. Uh, but I, I was going to get to the point where, you know, it really depends on, you know, maybe he he's playing golf with you to check you out to see, hey, this is a guy I want to play, you know, kind of our previous example with with our clients or with, our CEO or whatever, because the person's just a stick. There's, there's probably more bosses that want, like their they stick want the, the guy to, or the, yeah. the person that can really play to be on their team or whatever than they are to say, I, I, I want to be able to beat this person because my ego is so big. I mean, you know, there's some of that too, but I would think, so you, you really, it's really tough to thread that needle where you're, uh, you're, look, there's a lot of bosses out there that would be that down because you're drumming them and then, the next thing you see is they're turning to someone and saying, this guy I just hired is a stick. You yeah. should come play with him. He's a great hire on my part. He's, he's going right. to help out in our Twilight League. All right. What about a boss, though, that makes some comment like, man, you spending a lot of time in the office? Doesn't look like it. <laughs> you know? That is, like, that's, that's another awkward thing. That's another thing. You're like, hey, I don't want to play too well. He might think that this work-from-home job, I'm literally not ever working. Fortunately, the talent is so great that I don't have to practice that much. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking about myself, obviously. Oh, okay, that's, right. That's something that, that you know you could throw out there. But, you know, frankly, if let's face it, all the scenarios that you've just uttered, it's time to get a resume going. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's another nightmare round scenario. The dangerous cart driving partner. <laughs> you, have, you have decided to saddle up with a guy you kind of maybe know loosely, and then he hops in the cart in the driver's seat, not only is he drinking, but he is not paying attention, looking at his phone, foot dangling to the side, going way too fast down hills and around curves. And you try to gently go, eh, you know what? Uh, I think you should maybe you like uh, pay attention more. Ah, nah, man, I'm good with these carts. And you have to then every hole think, am I going to meet my maker with this moron? I'm never. I'm not even accepting that. That the gentle thing is way out the window at that point. <laughs> I'm. I'm saying either I'm driving or I'm walking. I'm getting off of this. You train. might do a full dismount. If oh you, yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I, we're not. We're not doing this. I'm not going. You know. Th th this is quote unquote not the hill I want to die on. This is really not the hill I want to die on. So, yeah. I'm either. I'm either walking or I'm driving. We're switching up. Yeah, I'm and I'm a, I'm a passenger. I like to be. I like to be the passenger. I don't want to have any responsibility of driving and knowing mm -hmm. where to stop and all the other stuff. So I'm used to hanging on pretty tight. It would take a <laughs> lot. But when you start to get to the point where you feel like someone's going sideways up hills and you're about to flip, you're exactly right, John. You know, this this is not the place that I'd like to end it. Let's kind of pay attention to what we're doing here. Okay. How about this one? Nightmare rounds. The round that involves a wife or girlfriend text fight extraordinaire heavyweight back and forth she won't call you you're not going to talk on the course but there's a problem you or her have a problem and it's just 
back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for four hours. That mm. you're fighting with your own wife? Well, I don't they're... fight with my wife, but right. I'm saying, no, that, have that you ever other... seen? Have you ever seen a guy who has that four-hour-long fight no. with a significant yeah, or, other? Yeah, or a problem with the work or whatever, and um, you know, or, yeah, emergency. You have to feel for them. I mean, something's wrong with their life. You just feel for me. You just go along with your game. And, and occasionally you just poke your head and say, is there anything I can help you with? <laughs> I mean, you know something's wrong. They messed up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, there's nothing I can help you with. She thinks dating an NBA player on the side is fine in our relationship. Right. We've been going out together for six years. Why does she think that's okay? What about the guy who wants to rope you into his personal drama? No, no, like, no, no, no. Can you, can you look at this? The dude can't, the yeah. dude the bro dude law? No. The bro law? Okay. Not a psychiatrist. All right. Yeah. Nightmare rounds. Chafing in the underwear region. This has been largely eliminated by the miracle that is microfiber and you know high-tech fabrics. Yeah. But once upon a time, boys, that swampy yeah. summer day and the cotton, cotton briefs. Pants. Oh. Uh, I got a great story. on uh, uh, When I was an intern back in the 90s, 1993, I was an intern for the Virginia State Golf Association. And at the time, the state amateur champion got an exemption to the Anheuser-Busch Classic in Williamsburg, Kingsmill. And the, and the intern caddied for him. So I thought, this is pretty cool. I'm going to be at, at a tour site. Well, of course, Williamsburg, as I went to college there, is the hottest place on earth in July. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and I was wearing, you know, the old cotton pants and carrying a bag. <laughs> and I drank a bottle of water on every tee because they had the little stash just for the players and caddies. 18 times I drank a bottle of water. I never peed. My pants went wow. from, from light brown to dark brown just with sweat. You know, the old cotton pants and yes chafing was a real issue and a problem and once it hits it's over yeah can't do anything about it i I have i have perfected the powder route um perfected the powder you know i don't go anywhere without the powder (laughs) so it's uh it's just one of those things when you're a golf pro and you're out there for 10 hours teaching in the mid-atlantic region uh you know that if you don't prepare it's disastrous speaking of the powder on this private golf guy text thread there was a couple days in which some of the fellas wouldn't stop talking about club man talc you know that iconic yeah. talc oh, yeah the old yeah. club man with the guy yeah. it's in, in the, every locker room yeah they're, they're like this thing this is the best talc ever and they wouldn't yep. shut up about it and what is talc anyways i don't even know what talc is talcum yeah. powder I know, I know. What is talc? I don't know. Uh, Google it. You can find out. A couple more real quick. Uh, Nightmare rounds, the diarrhea round. This will strike fear, terror, in fact, into the heart of pretty much any golfer. And I, in one of the golf experiences of my life, playing the fabled and iconic Pine Valley, was on a course of antibiotics for my Lyme disease that rendered me right on the edge, right on the edge. Now, I avoided it, but thank God there was a little halfway uh, house uh, out there on the back nine that I got to relieve myself. But I was quite nervous that day going, I cannot believe this is going on right now. Especially Pine Valley. Yeah, exactly. Never had it happen, but I've seen, uh, unfortunately, I've seen scene and there's another one where you just like i feel really bad for this person i'm not gonna ask that person if there's any way i can help but right. you do feel bad for that person all right finally two yeah, more it, yeah go ahead. go ahead 
Yeah, it just usually, usually comes in line with uh, a late night drinking and not antibiotics like you were saying. So <laughs> sometimes it's a personal uh, failure that causes it, so I'm not as sympathetic. All right, then two more here, two more nightmare round scenarios, then we'll get to our quick nine this week. The losing lots of money in bets round. I mean, it's a runaway train where you're like, this is going to hurt. This is going to be several hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big better myself. Okay. So but I've been in a group where I see it going in the wrong direction, and it makes me sick to my stomach. Okay. Where you see that, that they're losing a lot of money. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's just, it's not. If I have, whatever I have in my pocket, that's my entertainment for gambling. So if I lose it, I lose it. It's kind of like going to the casino. So yeah. that's my entertainment. So if I lose, I'm not really that broken up because I expect it to. It's like entertainment, but uh, I don't get too deep in the hole. Yeah, this is where you're getting closer to where, where it's it's closer to kind of my not, – not that I'm a better, but when I'm playing bad, that's the nightmare round. Like if I'm shanking stuff or I'm yeah. just not competitive, this is where this is where my nightmares are. I don't get spun up about other people as much. Uh, so in this case, you know, I would obviously be playing pretty badly if all the bets are going bad. And, and that's yeah. that's what usually gets to me is that I'm completely the cause of the problem. My other <laughs> my other categories include can't get it in play, can't putt, stung by insect, playing through injury or the ultimate nightmare round August in the DMV. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. Yeah. A billion degrees. A billion percent humidity, yeah. weeds everywhere on the course because nobody can hold off the ravages of the region at that point, and bugs as far as the eye can see. And the greens are long because they got to keep them alive. So. Yeah, exactly. Pure survival. Oh no, there's lots of bad things out there, and we're coming into bug season now. Now that it is spring. All right, coming up, we'll play a quick nine. We have guest designers. Mr. Ronas has three holes. Mr. Ghoul has three holes. And so does yours truly. Plus, before the show is out today, we'll talk about the uh, pros, what went down last week, some live tour stuff. They had a big week in Australia, hole in one. So a lot to talk about. It is the Capital Golf Gang Remote this week, presented by Golfdom. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who still don't know the difference between red stakes, yellow stakes, and white stakes. Except they're all bad. Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Born, RLX, and more. And get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. are listening to the Capital Golf Gang, a foursome of men with tight pants, tighter wallets, and vanity handicaps. And we're back, Capital Golf Gang, John Ronas, John Gould joining me, Zabe here. We are all remote today, so we're 
playing virtually, which is fine. Here we go. Quick nine are nine little bite-sized topics, hypotheticals, either-ors. Uh, guest designers of three holes each, Mr. Ronas and Mr. Gould. So I'll go with hole number one, which is a John Ronas design. Mm-hmm. Would you like to read it or should I read it? I don't have it. I, it no, I'll read it. What, if any, superstitions do you have on the golf course? Interesting. I, like Michael Scott once said, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. <laughs> um, I would say that I don't have any, but our friend Bryant Hatcher, a.k.a. Hatch, who's been on this show, swears that if he hears a crow caw anytime near one of your shots or putts, forget about it. You're going to shank it or you're going to miss it. And then he laughs his ass off when you do because, like, oh, the crow got you. Caw, caw. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's his superstition right there. Great. I, I, I am not superstitious at all, uh, Zabe, kind of what you just said. I, I used to be more when I was a kid. You know, there was like certain ball marks, lucky ball markers, that kind of thing. I think I've, I've kind of grown out of that. And I just, as, I'm, as I've aged, I just kind of accept who I am and what I am on the golf course and just plow ahead. There are certain places that make me feel good, like certain courses where I – I think I, I go in thinking I'm going to play better because I like being there, and I do. Yeah. So, But I'm not really superstitious, but it's just kind of a better positive mindset, I guess. Rodas? I have two. I have two. The, uh, the first one is when I go on the green, if I don't fix the ball mark before I putt, so like it might be to the side or something, and I'll say I'll get that after I putt. Well, I don't. Never do that. You have to fix the ball mark. And, and unfortunately, if you can't find the ball mark, now we're in obsessive compulsive. Wow. Where I got to find the thing. Because okay. if I don't fix it before I putt, it's not going in. And then the second <laughs> one is I don't want any other golf ball in the hole. That's, oh, now it's right. full. Get the your, hole's full. Right. No room for mine. <laughs> so we have to get that golf ball out. So like those are that. kind of my two. I like that. Get your trash out of the hole. I also, yeah. I, I, I laugh whenever somebody says, oh, this hole's wide open. And I'm oh, like, yeah. you yeah. did not just say that, did yes, you? Yes, it did. All right. Hole number two. A lot of talk about official world golf ranking points. What is your solution? That question posed by John Gould. I would say simply this. Stop using them. Literally stop using. How are you going to determine who gets into certain big events? Well, use something else or make people qualify or invite guys. You don't need to have an official world golf ranking that matters anything other than for guys at the 19th hole to argue over. So my solution would be stop using them. Am I crazy? John Ronas. No, I don't know if you're crazy, but we definitely need some way of getting, you know, the the 70th player in the world into the tournaments. You know, the, the, the top ones are going to be pretty easy. Okay. Again, I was an English major, so numbers really scare me. So I'm not I'm not really versed on 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 the rankings themselves. But um, there has to be something, and maybe it can be streamlined. Maybe it's one of those things that we take a second look at and really determine if we can do it in a little bit better way. But not let the live get off the hook on that. Okay, what if the yeah. live ghoul was awarded a limited slice of official world golf ranking points? Because people are saying, man, Taylor Gooch lost world golf ranking points, even though he went 62-62 on a very demanding golf course. 
en route to winning the Live event down in Adelaide. Um, what have you said? Look, Live Tour, you're going to get a small slice of points, but you got to finish top five to get any points because we know your fields are short and the talent drops off considerably past 20. Well, the answer is they're never going to be happy. That's never going to be good enough. They're going to want 10 and they're going to want 20 and all that stuff. So this is a trick question because the answer is it's not broken. Uh, wow. The uh, Stick by know, the rules that they had set up for here's what you do to get world golf ranking yep, points. Yeah, all have the tour, four rounds. Have a cut. Have this right. many players. All the tours were aware of it. Every other tour fit into their schedule. They had to wait whatever the time is, one year, two years to get in. And they got in and they get points based on talent. And eventually the live tour will well, actually, I guess if they don't, if there's still 54 holes and no cuts, they won't. But um, that's the answer. I'm, you, I'm fine knew, with that. I'm fine with yeah, that. I, they all knew what they were getting into, and they just yeah. thought people would change because the majors, as Phil Mickelson would said, they really spend a lot of time thinking about how they're going to get the best players there, mm. and they're going to figure out a way to get me there because I'm one of the best players. And the answer is yeah. they don't care. Yeah. No, they I, don't care. I, I like that. And I think the thing that really that supports this argument that you and I share, Goal, and maybe you too, Ronas, they didn't whip up the criteria for who gets world golf ranking points after the live tour. Yeah. It popped into existence. They had been written down and used for quite some time. Yeah, correct. So yeah. there you go. All right, hole number three. It's my hole. Why don't any male golfers at any high level college, amateur, or certainly pro, wear the old visor hat ball marker where you just pull it off with a little magnetic clip. It's a staple amongst weekend hackers, staple amongst the LPGA. How come there's no tour pros using it? I think this actually was a question that was posed in my shop the other day. Really? And the answer I thought was quite smart, and that's a lot of women's clothing don't have front pockets and the pockets that they have are relatively streamlined. And so to reach into their pocket is something that they're not as familiar with. So I think it's more that guys have grown up with jeans and pockets and they're used to putting things in their pockets. It's storage like squirrels (laughs) and they reach in their pockets. And the women have of course gone past us mentally like they always do. And they found something very simple. Now, why we don't copy that is because they're women who, who founded it, and we don't. We want our own way of barbaric reaching in our pocket and grabbing yeah, things. We're, we're and so... I think on tour, I remember. I'm trying to remember who it was. One of the old time guys. Somebody marked with a knot with a quarter with something else, um, and and maybe it might have been something that was too big. You know, like a I don't know what it was, but and there was a little bit of a kerfuffle about. Hey, you know, let's just. You just mark with a quarter. It's the right size. It's big enough for you to see, but it's not too big. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know. I guess there's some pressure, I would think, on tour. that Because most of those clips are are tiny, you know, unless you get the real big bedazzled there, ones that some of the women find. But Oh, there's some blingy ones out there for sure. Yeah. I, I, I kind of like them, but I realize that I'm going to get some grief from the fellas when I roll out there with my little hat ball marker. I know I got T's in my pocket. I got my divot tool in my pocket, but sometimes I like just being able to peel it off the top of my hat. And then other times I'll flip it up and then catch it with oh. the brim of my hat. 
Well, That's well, so right there. Oh, absolutely. Like you're, like you're a seal in the circus. That's great. Oh, oh, oh. All right, hole number four, back to Ronus's holes. What is your favorite charity tournament gift? I think Ronus is angling. He's trying to get some uh, information for his member guests coming up. He wants to decide what to get. Uh, I'm a big fan of technology. I always like something cool technology-wise, even if it's like a charging bank, which is kind of ubiquitous now. Um, but, you know, something technology, because for me, and I don't know, you know, I would say for a lot of people that golf a lot, you know, that are playing these charity events, they have enough golf balls, shirts, you know, stuff that they're going to win with gift certificates. Plus, you may not like the brand of golf. Yeah. Ball. might not be your brand. You might not like the logo or who knows what. I think there's two words that says it all, Mr. Ronis. Shop credit. I know. Pick your own I shop credit. Then you have like, you know, 50 different brands to search from and different things and whatever you like. I agree. But for some reason, people want to feel it and <sighs> touch it, that gift. But I'm with you. A gift card would be the greatest thing in the world for me. But here's the funny thing that happened. We taped our show and we talked about the music last week. And the next day, Callaway sent this package of stuff to us, um, whatever we call it, master, master fitting professionals or whatever. And, and it was awesome. And thank you, Callaway. One of the things in there was a cup, like Yeti, with a speaker on the bottom of it. Oh, God yep. help us. And so God you drink and you us. can play the music out of the cup. And I was like, you know what? Around the pool and stuff. Oh, my God. Pretty nice. I, you know but, what? I, you're right. For your, for your own use... Yeah. While at the beach or at the pool, that could be a real game changer. In fact, I'll take one of those. By the way, if you want to, <laughs> there you go. I'll, so, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you. Like, I'll pay you cost cool plus ten. Cost plus ten percent on that, depending on there the price. Okay. But the, the 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 speaker episode last week generated the most uh, email, and it was oh, all sure. over the place. It was beautiful. I'm going to share some with you in the coming weeks. But yeah. just so you know, I've I've softened my stance on speakers. You ready? Nice. Yep. Oh, you can bring a speaker, sure. But I get to choose every other song. And I get to choose what volume I want. That's what I say. The one he had is volume. So yeah. if you, know, you can choose cool the volume, if, I, if, I'd be happy with everything. If there was a golf industry kind of speaker that was, you know, just great for the golf carts and all the other stuff, like perfect, but the volume only went to two. <laughs> I would smoke you out. With the worst selection of music, I'm talking Liberace or hardcore rap or just something, you know, uh, uh, or maybe, you know, Zam Fear with the pan flute, you know, his best of hits. Oh, I, I'd get you. I'd get you to throw yeah. that speaker in the lake before it's all said and done. All right. Hole number five. This is a ghoul hole. How many layers is too many to play golf, factoring in cold and rain and wind. <sighs> Honestly, there are many times where this is my, when I'm dying to play golf, which recently has been, I, I really enjoy playing golf now. It is uh, a foot joy thermal, an Under Armour over that. Yep. A sweater. No, yep. Yep, no, a shirt. Because I have to have a collared shirt. A sweater, like I have on here. And then the foot joy wind sweater. If it's raining, a jacket. Oh my God! Six Five, la six layers. No, yeah. that's crazy. That's yeah, that is, is nuts. Uh, the answer, Ghoul, is three. Over under three is permissible. Four is too many. Stay inside. Play cards. Six yeah. is the stuff of psychopaths. 
or right? John Ronas. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to be the stay soft uh, marshmallow man where you're, you've got clothes out to here and you can't even put your arms down because <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and it, it's not as much I don't think for for you know comfort in terms of the weather. It's just that it's hard to swing when you got that many layers on. I mean, it's it's not fun. It yeah, it's tough. But kudos to you for uh, for suffering through it. You know, Ben Hogan reportedly the one time he played the British Open at Carnoustie, went over by boat, won it, never played it again. Miserable weather over there. He, they said he wore three cardigans at once because they didn't have it, waterproof right. stuff back then. Right. Right. He won the open wearing three cardigan sweaters at a time. Ridiculous. And he was like a sponge when he finished. So. <laughs> exactly. Imagine Ben Hogan, already a bit of a uh, right. feisty fella from Texas, <laughs> talking to him after that round. Okay, hole, coming back here. hole number six. This would be my hole. Who do you miss more on TV? Peter Ellis. Or Ben Wright, couple of iconic British voices. I am actually going to say that I won't separate the two because I think they're pretty much the same person in general. Um, and they were both masters, just masters at what they did. So, you know, the accent, um, a little bit different accent on both of them. Sure. I like Peter Alice. Peter Alice was sillier. He would yeah. riff about you know, things he was seeing out there and let his mind wander off into various directions. Whereas Ben Wright was more stentorian and more somber in his announcing, but they were both great in my mind. Yeah. I'm going with Alice too. Uh, I think because of that, um, but the, the turn of the phrase, those guys with the, you know, the British terms or the, you know, European terms, whatever you want to call it, were just priceless. So that's why I still like when they bring over, What's the name of the lady that does PGA Tour radio? She comes over for the majors. Oh, she was sick. Yes, she's great. Oh gosh, she is wonderful. I I love listening just because of the little expressions that you go. Where did oh, that come you from? Know exactly, who you're talking about. She's outstanding. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. a she's a delight. Uh, I'll I'll get her yeah. name. It'll it'll pop into my head here. But uh, yeah, I I miss Peter Alice and I do miss Ben Wright and we're stuck with. Frank Nobolo and Ian Baker Finch. Okay, moving right along. Hole number seven. This is a Ronus one. Do you like alignment lines or logos on your ball, or do you like them plain and simple? What was that that just drove by? By the way, I have no idea. I'm in a I'm in a bar. It's a motorcycle going by my office window out here. <laughs> wow! Okay, you, right off the highway. All right, here's uh here's my simple answer is I do not want anything more than a simple line at most. I won't put a line on there, but if, you know, some of these newer balls, they'll put a little bit of a line on the ball itself pre-marked. I'm okay with that. The Callaway ball that has the three railroad track lines on it, ick. Nice. Disgusting. No thank you. Wow. Yeah. And that's I'm a Callaway person. And I just got some balls sent to me that had those on there. It's a popular and, ball. A lot of people like yeah. it. I'm just saying me personally, I'm not a fan. And logos, although I'd love to have the, the Husky logo on there, I can't stand logos on the golf ball either. I need really? white staring up at me when I putt. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and that's why I also don't like the uh, the some balls that have all the, the logos all over it. You know, what are they called? Yeah. The little soccer ball looking things? Oh, those yeah, are the worst. The balls, those... When the ball's rolling. I can't, that throws me off. If yeah, you know, so I agree. I, I'm going to use a one simple arrow that's already on there. I'm not going to take the time to do it myself. Uh, and that's it. 
Okay. All I want. All right. Uh, hole number eight. Did I catch all these holes? Let's see. Yeah. yeah no, we're, we're good. good. So far. We're, we're moving along nicely. All right. Hole number eight. Quick nine. We, of course, have animals on the golf course, and many of them will scare you. Could be poisonous, could be dangerous. You hate to see them. However, what animals, asks Mr. Ghoul, do you like to see on the golf course? Well, I. This is a tough one because I, I love seeing the fox run across because we have fox mm-hmm. all over the place. Eagle, eagles are unbelievable. Ooh, bald eagles. They're all over the place. It's fantastic. But in all honesty, if I knew that I wasn't going to get killed, I like to see bear. A bear? <laughs> are you crazy? Yeah. You crazy? I've seen it a couple times, and as long as I know I'm not going to get killed, I it's. I don't know. It's just such a fascinating creature and so oh, powerful. It's, yeah, it is amazing. It's amazing. By the way, you know, if you see a bear, there's a greater than 0% chance you will die, just so you know. Yeah. If you are close enough to see it, you won't be able to run away from it. You won't be able to outclimb it. And yeah. even if it's a relatively small bear, it could kill you. And will eat you. Well, sure, yeah, if you're yeah. tasty, if you've showered yeah. that day. Yeah. Part and parcel, the same though. thing there, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, loved, I love all animals on the golf course, even the ones that could be, in theory, dangerous. Alligators, snakes, as long as they don't step on them. Don't need to see a bear. Never seen a bear, so there's that. Um, yeah, it's just cool. It's just cool to go, wow, look at that. That's you know, It's a huge snapping turtle, or that's a fox, or there's a coyote out in Arizona. Uh, I saw for the first time Javelina out in Arizona. Wow. You ever seen Javelina? No. Nope. Yeah, look those up. Very fast-running, sort of wild, smallish, wild boar, if you will. That's an answer on uh, Jeopardy last night, too. Javelina. Yep, okay, Javelina. Yeah. Well, Tastes- the most dangerous animal on the golf course this time of year is a goose. Because they have the babies. <sighs> and you go anywhere near them, and it is a hissing and running at you Honking. that is petrifying. That said, I think I could take a goose. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't. They're quick with that you neck. Got a club in your hand. You're fine. That neck is quick. Put listen, that on video. Listen, do, do, not, do not, by the way, uh, do not actually harm any of those animals because they no. can be federal crimes. And it's, it's unnecessary, by the way. Just stay away from the geese and their kids. Um, swans are even more territorial. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think mo- you're supposed to play dead. <laughs> I mean, swan. A swan is a is an incredible creature. That whenever you see it in the wild, you're like, "Wow, this doesn't just exist in storybooks. This is a real animal that yeah. God created." And you're thinking to yourself, "So weird. It's so big. It's very territorial." Certain courses will get a pair of swans to be on the main lake to keep geese from landing there because they're so yeah. territorial. Yeah, and swan buoys that they put in there too. Sure, because they they uh, keep the geese away. Yep, and geese are very destructive. You too, guys missed the obvious animal: morning and dusk uh, to have some uh, deer. Uh, you know, right at the tree line. That's always a good sight. Yeah, yeah, you I know see what? enough of those in my backyard. I got enough deer to last rough. a lifetime. I live in the city. I don't see them. So. <laughs> okay, hole number nine. This is mine. Last hole of the quick nine in ten years, gentlemen. Where will golf simulators be? A, insanely good in every regard. B, they'll be all over, but kind of accepted and sort of boring in 10 years. Or C, 
a bit of a fad that has given way to newer, different, better technology. Where will they be in 10 years? I think the first two there, I think they're going to be at the highest end. They're going to be insanely good and um, really, really fun. I think they'll also be more common in the house um, and uh, they'll be better than they are right now. I played the other day. I have one in my garage and I played 18 holes in about 20 minutes. So in that way, we're able to play golf and full 18 holes in a much shorter period of time. Um, and it's quite enjoyable, actually. It's look very at, enjoyable. Look at this guy, Ghoul, who used to never play as a PGA yeah, of America professional, who's now playing, and now he's got a simulator in his garage. Who yep. are you, exactly? Yeah, I don't know. I love I it. Know. I love it, though, by the way. Uh, Ghoul, where do you think they're going to be in 10 years? Yeah, uh, the technology, you can already see, you know, the, probably in the last five years, the technology, I, I think reading the swing and, you know, whether they're using radar or camera, uh, that has been good. It's the graphics that you see on the screen when the ball's landing out there or you're coming up on it and there's a tree in your way or whatever. That's going to do nothing but improve. And, and to Ronos's point, the price is going to come down just like every other uh, you know, product like that and be more, more available. And therefore, we're going to see it more places. Um, so I don't know if it'll ever get boring, but it's going to be commonplace. And right. you know, then it's going to be, would you rather do that or would you rather go you know, outside and do it for real? I think you do both. They've got. They've really got to close the gap, though, on the accuracy of putting and chipping, yeah. and you really have to, in a simulator, get those mats that can simulate the grass and the lies, because yep. that will take it truly to the next level, and it has to be accurate to the point where it's not getting misreads, and literally every shot you take is recorded, good or bad, and it's really, really accurate. But if you get the like, we just got the newest track man, and that is built for high performance for professional players its simulator technology is outstanding yeah all right very good coming and they up, have the mats they have the mats for rough yeah yeah you know all that stuff right all right coming up we'll go to the pro shop talk about what's happening on the uh pro tours zurich classic won by nick hardy and davis riley we'll talk about maybe the abuse of some of the brother invites or retired player invites like daly and duvall who did not show themselves very well and the live event in Australia was easily their best one yet. Can they build upon it? And what are your thoughts on this concept of a watering hole, perhaps now at every tournament? That's not a major. All that and more coming up. It's the Capital Golf Gang presented by Golfdom right here. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang, Washington, D.C.'s radio golf authority for over 15 years. Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Bourne, RLX, and more, and get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who will knock your lights out 
if you dare to ask for a gluten-free hot dog at the turn. All right, we're back. Final segment here, Capital Golf Gang. Zabe, John Ronis with John Gould. We're all remote this week. Go to Golfton, by the way, to get fitted, get the latest in equipment. It's uh, going to be May on Monday. So let's go. Let's get out there and play some golf. The Zurich Classic won by Nick Hardy and Davis Riley. And I'm happy for them, but I got to admit, boys, if I was in between Nick Hardy and Davis Riley waiting in line at Panera, I wouldn't recognize either of them. What do you make of this tour stop that it still exists? I don't know why the course down there is meh minus at best. It's not a very star-studded event. They made it a two-man event, but for some reason, the tour still plays in Louisiana as a regular thing. Well, I guess maybe the sponsorship things are good down there that we don't know. You know, we're Must not be. down there. Maybe the crowd is good, and it might be one of the few things in town. So good for them to bo- bo- boost their economy down there for a week. I watch not one shot, and I've been watching a good amount of golf lately. Uh, just no interest to me uh the course you know, I, the course is a hard watch on tv because the, there's not a single events. there's not a single memorable hole to me right yeah and the elevated events are starting to i think spoil us just a little bit sure in, in how good they are that we we kind of mentally take some weeks off so yeah for me not something i i'm interested in all right yeah and because because of the elevated events the the good players have to take some time off so and there's so many elevated events they're gonna take this off i still you know we talked about this a couple shows ago i still like the different format i wouldn't want a steady diet of it uh when we're talking about the match play but you know it's one time where we have this four ball i watched a little on saturday just to kind of see who was playing but yeah then there's the pairing of daly and duvall who just stunk it up big time. I think yeah. they shot 46 on the front in alternate shot and Solid. finished dead last by a mile. And many people are saying, hey, look, if you want us to take your event seriously, you can't be inviting guys that aren't even competitive on the senior tour to pair up to play together on a regular tour event. Well, yeah, and, and who makes who make far more money off the course than they do on the course. So they really don't care about their play. Yeah, but the, yeah, the, the answer is who were the crowds following? They were following daily. Of course. Tomorrow, you know, so that, that was a little bit of a, you know, marketing. Hey, let's get more people to come out to the event because of this, you know, daily is, is long past being a viable golfer on tour, but he is still an attraction. I know. I yeah. know. Uh, the live event in Australia was their best event by far. Uh, the largest crowds, I would not call them huge because I didn't get to audit their turnstiles, but <laughs> certainly the largest they've had. Very passionate golf fans down under. They rarely get the top players in the world because it's on the other side of the globe, obviously. So it was a real layup for Norman to bring an event to Australia, which had been one of his goals with this tour from the start. Also, the course they played, being in the sand belt, allowed for fans to come up right to the edge of the play on the fairway around the greens, happy Gilmore style, as I call it. And that's always a great visual look, isn't it? When you've got fans just walking up to the edge of the play. And then they had the watering hole, which is their replication of the waste management 16th hole. And then, as luck or chance would have it, or pin position perhaps, they got their ace and they got their photo moment, their video moment, their asset, which was Chase Kepka 
holding it out for a one and getting showered with bottles of water and everything else. Your thoughts, gentlemen, on the this, live you know, tour this week? This one's for Jason. Um, Jason, <laughs> the good for them. Good for them. They put out the best product that they possibly could for their players and their fans. And, you know, the stadium uh, atmosphere for one of the holes is obviously very popular on the PGA Tour. So, you know, if you're going to if you're going to march these guys out, these these limited field guys and guys that half of them don't really care too much about what they're doing, at least put on a show for the fans. They did good for them. Seems like they got some good at least traffic in the crowd. One week in a row. Congratulations. You've hit one in a row. But it's a start. Right. And I would say, Zabe, I'm encouraging it. I would say, Zabe, I'm glad you told me all this because I didn't know any of it. I knew about the hole in one. Okay. But it's just, you know, their biggest crowd, I mean, it doesn't mean anything to me, or or I don't even know what their TV (laughs) ratings were, or if there were some, if it was over. Lutarski, zero point zero. But well, it was up. It was like in the middle of the night because of the time difference. I believe. yeah, it, you know, it's kind of like. But they, you remember the article when we used to read papers in the sports section, in the bottom left of the inside page two, it would always be in other news. Like it wasn't good enough to be in an article, and it wasn't good enough to be right. It was like, right. It was like a tennis match of the quarterfinals of the Leg Mason Open or something. And this is what I feel like it is. I, I, I'm relatively aware that it happened but i don't know anything about it this week the live tour is in singapore and they are playing at some ultra high-end private club where reportedly initiation is north of three hundred thousand dollars and that's fine uh because they've played a president's cup at liberty national which has a initiation fee of north of 100 grand at least if not more or maybe 250 or maybe 500 who knows but this whole thing about we're growing we're growing the game <laughs> you're growing the game huh okay in singapore on a club that charges 300 grand to get in yeah you know it's and it's not even something to worry about fighting because the PGA tour and the USGA and all the other stuff does the same thing at different courses it's it, it, it's just it's hypocrisy at its finest, and um, but it's it goes that goes that one again goes on both tours, so I really can't fight that battle. But for you, yeah, Jason and, Ferry in Tampa, Ronus's nemesis, kudos to your favorite tour, one in a row, gentlemen. We're done for this week. Thank you for sacrificing your lunch hour to the Capital Golf Gang. We're back in the store next week, and we'll have the results from the PGA Tour in Mexico. Where John Rahm is the defending Viva. champ. Yes, exactly. Uh, get out there, play some golf. As always, get a lesson from a PGA of America professional like Mr. Ronis out at River Creek. Mr. Gould, Mr. Ronis, always a pleasure, my friends. Take care, and we'll talk to you next time on the Capital Have Golf Gang. Week. Presented by Golfton and Tyson's Corner. This has been the Capital Golf Gang. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to Zabe at yahoo.com that's c-z-a-b-e at yahoo.com and for free swag we're all an extra large so yeah thanks for the shirts